0: Beavis, this could be the greatest night of our life. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but It's gonna be rad. Yeah. That's right. We're gonna be on Our Reviews Will Kill You. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. TP, TP. Z for my bunghole. Z for my bunghole. That's right, that's right, that's right. Welcome to Our Reviews Will Kill You the Party Time podcast that's going to bring you an exclusive interview, potentially, with Beavis and Butthead. If I can pull it off, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I am the man you may know as and This is the podcast that does news reviews, movies, film critique, all that good stuff and more. And yes, I am four minutes late. So there's a lot to do when you're on your own some... That's right. It is a lone wolf podcast it is a z podcast and what better do what better day than to celebrate it than this july 1st i'm super excited to see everybody out there in the chat you guys are gonna help me hold this down as i go through it i'm gonna see if i can even see the chat because i'm I'm struggling to see the chat but i see ron coldestoke cold killers out there daniel N. Doc of always, the Dockest of Docks. Happy Canadian Day to the Canadians, the Canuck Day. So it seems like it's gonna be a good day for everybody. Everybody all around. Where is my chat screen? So anyway, we have an amazing show for you. Probably better than any show you've ever seen because, again, there's someone missing. The name that shall not be named. The name that no one needs to know. That's right. It's Z only for all of you out there. Let me tell you what's going to be on today's show if I can figure it out. I'm pretty sure I have a description somewhere. Let's look at it. What is on today's show? I know I'm at least reviewing Beavis and Butthead. That's for sure. Uh, shockingly after like 20 something years, you're going to see Beavis and Butthead. You're going to see, um, what else are you going to see today? Why can I not get a description? I also, I'm going to do a review of Spriggan, something probably nobody has ever heard of, but I'll go over it. We're going to talk a little bit of Taika Utiti. That's right. Taika Utiti has, doesn't seem to have a clue. We're going to talk a little bit more about Star Wars because if you have $15 million, you're going to be able to lay it down going to lay down that wood. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic seems like it's not as fantastic as we originally thought. We're going to look at a horrifying figure of a pop star and we're going to we're going to try our best not to burn our eyes out. Christian Bale is back on board for Batman if only this happens. We're going to check out an amazing scientific finding woolly mammoths that's right we're gonna check out something about woolly mammoths we're gonna check out ghostbusters afterlife the sequel nobody asked for we're gonna talk a little bit about quantum leap why i'm still confused myself there's a little bit of outrageous news as we hear a little bit about some bears that don't survive you know dead animals always a good topic for a podcast. New Yorkers are getting some procedures done that are going to shock you. There was a, also an amazing dance floor brawl on a carnival cruise. You've got to hear about it and more. We're going to go a little bit in and out on Stranger Things. And as I said, we're going to do reviews of Beavis and Butthead, Do the Universe, and Spriggan. That's right, Spriggan. But... I'll For now, we shall move on. What kind of hotel is this? Housekeeping! That's right. We have some housekeeping to take care of, friends. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I did with my week off from that other belligerent, nonsensical human being who is not on the show today. We did a little bit about, should you cancel the Flash movie? According to some of our reports, the Flash movie is one of the best tested movies in uh, Warner Brothers history when they did test screenings. But they're in big trouble now as it appears that they can no longer, uh, I don't know how much longer they can sustain the assault by Ezra Miller. And we discuss a little bit about what Ezra Miller's been up to as he seems to be murdering, well, he's one step away from murdering people. You may find him in Noob Noob's Basement. He is just, he's out of control, people. And there's not much anyone can do. We also talked a little bit about, well, I did. I talked, I wasn't going to rant about Obi-Wan anymore. The show is over. I wanted to move on. And I think it's one of my favorite edited videos because I put some good jokes in there. Obi, there's an article about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show Fixing Canon, And it does not. So I don't know what these people are talking about. But we discussed a little bit. I let out some frustrations, some ranting, if you will. Get a little bit off my chest. Because I thought I was going to forget about it. But I cannot. So I discussed a little bit about that. It was a bit of a light news week. There wasn't a lot going on. At least uh, some controversial things I didn't feel like talking about. And then finally, we do have something else. We have... A giveaway, which I have no idea how it's going to be given away. It's the Secrets of Dumbledore. So, comment. Maybe the best comment wins. I don't know. I have not, I will not decide such things as I am not the decider. I am strictly doing as Noob Noob pleases, which is giving away the Secrets of Dumbledore. And uh, I'm trying to think if he had any... Oh, that's right. We, you do. I don't know if we had any winners. We'll have to wait till he gets back from Jamaica to find out if there were any winners of the trip with Noob Noob to Jamaica. How he made out on that nude beach and uh, whether or not he got hot and sweaty with all of those friends of his. Uh, yeah, we will talk about the Butthead movie. Actually, I thought there was one part that was really funny. Uh, that we we can kind of go over and uh, yeah it's a mixed bag there because you're bringing back something from the 90s that most people have no idea what in the world Beavis and Butthead are but in the meantime I believe it is time for us to move on to the news that's right let's see if I can figure this out nope that's not the right screen it's going to be this screen that's right Let's take a look at this. And I think this story is kind of hysterical because Taika Utidi is that guy that you may or may not know. He is Korg from Thor. He's the director of a handful of Mandalorian episodes and somehow that gave him he's on the, on the hot list for Disney and Kathleen Kennedy and they are going to give him his own movie. You know, this guy. I don't know what he did. I don't know what it's going to be about. And apparently neither does he. There's an update to this story. Because originally he said, I don't really, I haven't even like gotten an idea for a story yet. So I don't know what is going on. If those of you out there recall, Star Wars is infamous. And Kathleen Kennedy, especially for firing directors. She fired such acclaimed directors as Lord and Miller. You know, the guys that went on to win an Oscar for Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, she fired those guys. She also fired um, Colin. Tre- Did she fire? Yeah, Colin Trevorrow. There's a handful of directors out there, and it seems like Taika Waititi might be right there on the chopping block. And I don't know if his tone as a director will make much sense for this. He's kind of known for comedy, and Star Wars isn't that funny. So I don't really know what they're gonna be doing. But what they were saying is, uh, while he's been doing press junkets for Thor 11 Thunder, people have been asking him about his take on his movie. And they were saying it was going to be released next December in theaters. (laughs) There's no way that's going to happen. He doesn't even have a story. In fact, they ended up... uh, What was the... They canceled... The woman who directed Wonder Woman, they canceled her. She was going to have a story about Rogue Squadron, the director, Patty Jenkins, and they killed that. So now uh, they're talking about Taika Watiti doing a movie, but he doesn't even have an idea of what he's going to do or what he's going to write. It doesn't make any sense. Why is this place so screwy? Directly from him, apparently in an interview, he said, I'm trying to write the Star Wars idea at the moment. I've got to see how that goes because once I submit it, they might determine when it gets made or if it gets made even. How is that going to be released in December? How does that make any sense? You got to love a company that doesn't actually plan to do anything properly. You know, you write a trilogy and the trilogy doesn't have any type of semblance of a story. You're just like, oh yeah, here's a bunch of mystery boxes. And then... You get Rian Johnson coming in and putting in his weird take. And then you get... You end up firing a bunch of directors who are going to finish the trilogy. Nobody has any idea what they're doing. Like, what is going on at Lucasfilm? Lucasfilm's a complete disaster. Uh, looks like... Uh, who wants to... Daniel N. is saying that he... I think he wants to win by default. And I think he's talking about Dumbledore. Because he loves stroking on Dumbledore's beard. Uh, Korg needs a solo Disney Plus story Okay, fair enough I mean, I don't mind Korg I think he's a fun character I don't know that he would (laughs) I'm a pile of rocks Yeah Don't get me confused Yeah, I'm a pile of rocks And then Star Wars (laughs) is helping bring back the 70s Right A Korg origin story Yeah, that's right It seems like things are cyclical, right? Remember the 60s were cool for a little while Then the 70s It looks like it's coming back to the 90s you know, things are like 30 years old. So it is, like it is actually. That's a really good point, uh, In insult in, investor. Um, he's saying like, you know, like Beavis and Butthead just came out. Think about it. People are saying that the prequels are cool. You guys remember the Star Wars prequels? They sucked. When they came out, they sucked. No one liked them. People barely liked Revenge of the Sith. Why would they like but now they're and then they see in Kenobi, they see Hayden Christensen. They're like, it's so good to see Hayden Christensen back with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's like, yeah, Obi-Wan was the least interesting character in the prequels. I mean, he was well acted. I like Ewan McGregor, and I like his depiction of Obi-Wan. And I think his his version of the Alec um, Guinness character is pretty cool, but he's like a wooden totem pole. No so I don't know. Star Wars is a hot mess. It's a giant disaster. I don't see how anybody is going to get Who's even going to get excited for a Taika TDI movie? The only thing that I thought was good about this is that they said it was going to take it was going to move away from the Star Wars or uh, no from the Skywalker saga, which is fine. If you want Star Wars to survive, you got to tell other stories, but it's got to be a basic story. You know, you don't want to get too crazy. It doesn't have to be a rehashing of the hero's journey, but please stop doing Lone Wolf and Cub. Stories we already had that with Mandalorian we had it with Obi-Wan like come on people get some originality someone has to be able to tell an original Star Wars story anyway let's move on to more Star Wars news and I know Doc's got this kind of money so I suspect Doc is already looking at this it's a mansion with the Millennium Falcon Theater it hits the markets for 15 million at Disney World I mean, it's a nice house. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) The article goes, Yoda says size matters not. But when a family of Star Wars fans built their Disney World dream home, they had Han Solo, not the pint-sized Jedi Master on their minds, an 11,000 square foot Mediterranean mansion, complete with a Millennium Falcon-themed theater. It's a one of a kind property. If a family built this, why are they leaving? Why are they selling it? If they loved it so much and it was so amazing, why are they leaving this thing? It doesn't make any sense. It, it's all, it's just, it's redonkulous. Ah, yes. Insult investors talk. He wants to talk about the $5,000 Star Wars drink. I might even just do a video about it because it's. Just think about, about especially if, if you're an investor and you, you know money, you're a money man, how much money would it cost to take, you know, three adults and one child, the, that makes a lot of sense, for a $6,000 stay in the Star Wars uh, Galactic Cruiser and then spend another $5,000 on drinks. See, I haven't read the details, so I don't know if it's just one drink or if it's multiple drinks. Keep an eye out. I'm probably going to do a video on it. Not 100% sure yet, but it's definitely an interesting story. And I just I didn't have time to put it into the show tonight here. But the theater has a life-size Chewbacca. The owners had an exact replica of the original, or had it made as an exact replica. Okay, so you can watch the movie with Chewbacca. <laughs> Again, if it hit the market last week and it was listed at $15 million, it has seven bedrooms, nine bathrooms... And too many movie accents to count. Who's gonna buy this? And if you did buy it, wh- why did you have it made and then you're leaving? Like, what is the point of that? I don't, I don't really get it. Um, I mean, it looks cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm okay with it. But what is going on? So there's like, uh, there's a theater based in the Millennium Falcon. There's a bar that looks like an intergalactic bar. In fact, the windows have like tie or have uh, X wings going towards the Death Star. Even the ceiling fans are futuristic. So cool. I'm just I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's going on here. Uh, It looks super nice. Not going to spend fifteen million dollars on it. Don't have that kind of money. Apparently, it's in Disney. The house was built in 2019. (laughs) It looks like it could have been a two-story Olive Garden. Sweet. Gotta love a two-story Olive Garden. <laughs> and the price keeps changing. Oh, wait. Less than a mile away, there's a, another mansion for $16 million. That's a six-bedroom, six-bath, complete with a Mickey Mouse suite. This is all... I think we did an... We did a uh, We did a video on this, which I will not link above, where we actually called to make reservations to buy our next $15 million Imagineering... House and they never returned our phone call it's very sad so you can hear us call them directly on air um, let's see here maybe we have some uh, the drink costs $500 to make max, with it comes with a case it gains 10 times every time they sell one oh, so it must be like uh, it's a case it's got multiple drinks in it maybe I'll try to pull the article and see what it is homeowners association fees folks this is out of control. Like $8,000 a year. You could almost afford to have a nice trip to the Galactic Cruiser for $8,000 a year. So, this is pretty bonkers. Uh there's three restaurants in the property. Not on the not inside of the house, just on like the the grounds. And there's a tapas joint for the 21 and over c- crowd. I got to get me that tapas. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> This is wild. Uh, who's got that kind of money? It's all sadness coming from Star Wars. But you know where else there's a little bit of sadness? I'm going to say in Marvel, because they're reporting that the casting of John Krasinski as Reed Richards in the latest Marvel film, um, Doctor Strange and the Methods of Madness, clearly was just fan service. And they did it because Kevin Feige made it happen. And Kevin Feige did it because it would make the fans' dreams come true. Sam Raimi revealed in the audio commentary that he was like, yeah, I had nothing to do with it. Here's his direct quote. He says, it's so funny that Kevin Feige cast John Krasinski because fans had a dream of who the perfect Reed Richards would be. And because this is an alternate universe, I think Kevin said, let's make that dream come true. I've always really enjoyed his performances. So, I I mean, I like that part, but he was literally in it for five seconds. I do like the fact, spoiler alert, that he gets, uh, you know, they do something special to him. Something that people would do in, like, private bedrooms is what happens to John Krasinski's uh, Mr. Fantastic. At least he got a, you know, we got a chance to see it. supposedly they're casting for this thing, but who knows who they're going to get. But clearly, it seems like it's not going to be... It's not going to be John Krasinski. Oh, I see big man out there. Woot woot. And uh, Doc says that Disney called security and there's an active warrant for ORAQ's headquarters. Yes, there is. There is. Um, This next one, this next story, is designed to horrify you. Much like the body horror that you would see in a Sam Raimi movie. This is body horror. Thank you to Bizarre. (laughs) I can't even look at this without just dying. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know who Billie Eilish is, I also don't know who Billie Eilish is. I'm told that she sings or kind of whispers into microphones. I heard she did the most recent James Bond song, Which I never heard or watched because it kind of sucked from what I heard. And the song seemed so impressive that I never heard it anywhere or even spoken about. But this is, for those of you listening to the audio podcast, Billie Eilish, I don't know, she's this blonde chick. And uh, I don't know, sometimes her hair is probably different colors than, than blonde. She looks absolutely horrifying in this. Uh, she looks like she has completely dead eyes. And this is for that wax, uh, sorry if I didn't mention that. There's a new wax figure of Billie Eilish. Holy cow, those fingernails look redonkulous. The Hollywood Wax Museum, which is known for having horrifying statues, added a new, a new, uh, a new statue. Oh my gosh, I should have taken Noob Doob's admin away. I never should have, have left that Oh, uh, Daniel and is asking about uh, uh, Daniel Craig as Reed Richards. I don't think that would be cool. Sure, why not? I'm down with that. I'd literally, like, the Fantastic Four, the original movies were so bad, I'd literally take anybody. So, they can cast whoever they want. So, which, uh, but we're back to Billie Eilish. Uh, looks like a st- this is Twitter reacting, you know. The brain surgeons of Twitter. People want to call the police. Uh, they're calling it a monstrosity, but I said these people want to wash their eyes out. I agree, but they also had, they, they referenced some of the previous uh, ho- horrendous statues, and I'm curious, like, do they do it this on purpose? Because I feel like it gets more attention when they do a really ugly one than when they do a good one. Like, who cares when they do them? They're saying this is a Walmart, Billy. Fair enough. It's <laughs> highly billish. Also, they, they want to delete it. I mean, I'm horrified, and I don't even know if this actually looks like Billie Eilish. I'm going to say it doesn't because it looks like a creepy human being. But some of the other ones that they've been complaining about apparently, Ariana Grande, hers looks pretty horrifying for sure, and she's probably too tall. I heard that Ariana Grande is actually three foot five. Uh, <laughs> so that one does not look very accurate. And she's not licking a donut hole or a drug addict's b-hole. Either one of those would have been more accurate than what you got. They're also very mad about a Zendaya one that was was released in London, (laughs) which is Zendaya in a business outfit, star of No Way Home and all those Spider-Man movies. She, (laughs) She looks like she's angry and ready for business in pink. just a reminder out there folks if you want to see all of these and more we have links to all of these articles and all of the stories that we do you could search for our reviews will kill you and our page will come up and you can find all of these articles it's it's a lot of fun to check out some of this stuff you can also probably just google Madame Tussauds and you'll find some horrifying pictures the one that they did of Rihanna <laughs> It is not Rihanna. This is definitely a, di- a different person. Uh, I don't even think that that's, that is not Rihanna. Not even a little bit. So, yeah. These guys do not seem to be batting a thousand when it comes to making people look like people. They look like freaks. Yeah, these are all horrifying. You know what wouldn't horrify me, though? And I think a lot of people, although I do believe that Ron Cole would disagree with me. Christian Bale says he would sign up for being Batman w- one more time, but only on one condition. So he's not going to do the Michael Keaton where he signs up when he's 70 years old and do it for... Uh, who, who's the, the guy? Uh, Muschietti, the guy who's directing it. He'd sign up if he was asked by the only director that matters... Christopher Nolan. If Christopher Nolan asked him, he said he would do it. And this is also because he's doing a press junket for Thor uh, God and Thunder, which we'll also review that. But it seems like Christian Bale is pretty content on not playing Batman unless Christopher Nolan said he would, uh, wanted him to. His quote is, no, no, nobody reaches out to me, or they keep me like a mushroom, keep me in the dark, and feed me ass. But for me, that would be a matter of Chris Nolan. If he ever decided to do again, and if he chose to come my way again, then yeah, I would consider it because that was always our pact between each other. We said we would only ever make three, and then I said to myself that I'd only ever make it with Chris. So, that's pretty cool. I'd like to see that. I know Ron Cold thinks that uh, Michael Keaton is the best Batman. I think it's a pretty cl- tough one for one and two. Yeah, I th- still think Christian Bale is probably number one. Or at least did the best movies. You guys can tell us in the comments below uh, who you think the best Batman is. And it better also be Val Kilmer. Although I'm trying to think who else. <laughs> if only Jared Leto could play Batman, then the circle would be complete. Uh, let's see here. They're arguing. Um, apparently, there is breaking news that Noob Noob is on the run from the Jamaican police after sexually assaulting a whale. That definitely, that definitely happened. So keep keep an eye out for that. Daniel is saying there's a toss up between Affleck and Bale for for him. Doc says Michael Keaton. I could definitely. I I can see why people like Affleck. I especially like the older, more grizzled, like angrier Batman, the one who's kind of like totally dead inside. So I could totally dig that. And obviously, I'm a Bale fan. Michael Keaton kind of originated what a dark Batman would be. You know, I think I heard a story. I heard a rumor. This might be a spoiler. That he says he says in the new movie, "Do you want to get nuts?" <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but. It's a possibility. We can now go from entertainment news to a little bit of science. Because we got to learn a little bit. we got to educate ourselves. This is a smart podcast. Especially when you get to see an image as horrifying as this. Horrifying and fascinating at the same time. A mummified baby mammoth was found in Canada with intact hair, skin, and tusks... How long until they're cloning these things and we're riding mammoths to work? I'm down. Let's get on some mammoths, man. You know, I watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I thought it was pretty cool to ride uh, elephants. Apparently they can spray you with water when it's hot out. Sounds like fun. Anyway, in an astonishing sight, despite being buried for over 30,000 years, the baby mammoth was found in Canada's Yukon territory and still had hair, skin, and tusks intact did they keep the tusks from getting in the hands of ivory dealers that's like that ivory probably would go for a lot of money it was covered in mud and resting in the fetal position when gold miners they're mining for gold i love gold the geologists found it and they said the mammoth calf was a female and died in permafrost during the ice age thirty thousand years ago wow there's a word here that I cannot say. It says elders of the Trondark Hurchen, whose ancestral land in the, the mammoth land was found in, named her Nun Choga. Basically noob noob. Big baby animal. In the Han language. Interesting. Uh, and this was, I think this was just found. I don't think this is an old one. There's not a ton of news on it. Probably because it just happened. But, you know, we like to stay on top of Archaeological expeditions here, as we are, we do like to plunder the booty here at Orcu. <laughs> Daniel N says, uh, "Jurassic Woolly Mammoth Park." I would go for that. I would go see that. I think it would be worth it. Oh, uh, Insol Investors say it looked better until they moved it. Oh, maybe, and then it rotted real fast. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it looks like it's rotting right there, and it looks like it's, uh, it's all gooey. It's a gooey. Ooey gooey. You know what else was ooey gooey? Me, when I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Not that ooey gooey, because I didn't like it that much. I I thought it was okay. I I don't... It wasn't bad. It it wasn't great. It was uh, better than the 2016 Ghostbusters, of which will not be mentioned. One of the most horrifying movies I've ever seen. Ghostbusters Afterlife has a sequel release date interesting i don't know how excited i am to see that but sure we'll see how it does i don't even know that that movie did that well i thought it did okay but i guess it did well enough for sony to be like let's strap it on again it's a 38 year old franchise oh and uh there was an was there a post-credit scene i guess there was they're gonna say the franchise will return to the franchise the franchise the film will return to new york city in the original Firehouse. It appears that they're going to continue working on it with the original director, Jason Reitman. And, uh, you know, they're hoping to. That, <laughs> they're trying to make the Ghostbusters universe. Gotta get that expanded universe out there, you know, because Sony's killing it with expanded universes, you know, the Morbius universe. It's Morbid Time. Uh, what is it? Uh, Morbius 3, The Search for Craven the Hunter, which will be coming out soon with the kid from Kick-Ass. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you don't recall, was a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 1 and 2. It combined the original cast from the 80s and a series of new faces and it included, uh, you know, I, w- I don't say, I guess I won't say a horrifying depiction of a CGI dead person, but sure when the original cast members uh egon shows up in it spoiler alert but uh yeah are you guys excited for this i'm gonna say like i'm lukewarm on it not super excited oh sensibly cynical is on check out his podcast i think he uh yes we finally fired noobdoob and banished him to Jamaica where he is, He lost his passport he's not allowed to return to the United States in fact we revoked his citizenship since he was a participant on uh, a certain day that will live in infamy you can guess the day <laughs> Do we fire Noob Noob it wouldn't take much to fire him but yes he is gone forever with any luck with any luck Uh, let's see, and then to the final story of the news, which I am, how do I feel about this one, I don't know, I don't even know why it's a story, I know they're new, speaking of like rebooting the 80s and 90s, Quantum Leap is getting rebooted, okay, uh, the series, they finally gave a date for it, which is September 19th, starting at 10, 9 a, uh, 9 p.m. S, uh, Central, leading out of The Voice. And look, it's a show that's going to be on NBC, which is not exactly this target demographic, right? And it's been, uh, it looks like th- the story is going to be, it's been 30 years since Dr. Sam Beckett, played by Scott Bakula, stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. Uh, what's the other, let's see, a new team led by some guy, has been assembled, and everything changed, oh boy, they're already giving away the plot, so, maybe we don't want to see it. The cast looks, yeah, pretty interesting, I was just kidding, I don't know, oh look, Ernie Hudson's in it though, so that might be cool, I'm okay with that, I don't know, am I going to watch this? Probably not, is this up noob noob speed? Maybe. I don't know if there's any attractive girls on it. That's really what he's looking for, or attractive men. <laughs> oh, we should see if Noob Noob has banana hammock tan lines. That's what Daniel M is saying. That is a good call. I believe that he has his full banana hammock going on <laughs> because it's not really a hammock. It's more like a little bit of crocheting, you know, just enough to like hide a thumb. Actually, thumbs are probably too big what's that like little joint of your pinky like the smallest part of your pinky think of that (laughs) but i do think it is time to get outrageous time for an outrage gonna get outrageous i'm outraged are you is an outrage this story i don't Oh, i do have images for this this is from abc news a black bear accidentally died after locking itself inside of a hot car. That's right, p- folks. Hot cars are not only dangerous to young children, dogs, your leather seats. But they're also dangerous to black bears. Apparently in Sayreville, Tennessee, a box, approximately 30 miles east of Knoxville. The owner of a vehicle, uh, they left the property in a different e- vehicle when they came back. Apparently, nine hours later, they found the dead bear inside the vehicle with the car door shut. (laughs) You probably shouldn't leave your car unlocked because them bears, they can get in anything. They believe that the temperatures exceeded 95 degrees outside, which means the interior possibly reached over 140 degrees. That sucks. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be in there. Uh, There's a picture of the bear slumped between the driver's seat and the front passenger seat as a can of soda can and food waste can be seen on the floor of the car. Sort of just drank the soda. Although I guess if it got really hot, that soda would have been flat and not that tasty and not very refreshing. So, sucks to be a bear. This is a warning to all of you bears out there. Bears, do not go into cars. Do not close the door on yourself when you enter it not safe (laughs) what's kind of funny too They're i guess they it's kind of a you know weird way of saying this but they're like here's a good way a good example of how garbage kills bears notice the empty soda can and food package on the floorboard bears have noses seven times better than a bloodhound and can smell even the faintest odor of food inside of a a vehicle. Lock your doors, roll up your windows, and never leave food or anything that smells like food inside. Well, if they had left their windows down, the bear would still be alive. So, think about that. let <laughs> said, wonder what a smoking hot dead bear smells like. Probably not good. I'm gonna guess. Probably not good. <laughs> he also says it's it's like a rule in zombie land the zombie land movie but instead of checking your back seat for a zombie you should you should you should get your back seat checked for a bear and if you're noob noob you probably have a basement full of bears but maybe not the kind of bears we're talking about not wild bears he has domesticated bears you know hairy bears This next story is also an outrage. If you were concerned about bears, you're going to be concerned about New Yorkers pretty soon. Rich New Yorkers are getting bladder surgery and Botox to avoid bathroom breaks on the drive to the Hamptons. When I saw this, I just said, What? This is like one of those stories. I remember there was a story. You know, there's always conspiracy theories, right? And one of the conspiracy theories was that rich people were drinking the blood of, like, young people and babies to stay alive forever. I mean, that's been a conspiracy theory for literally hundreds and hundreds of years, probably thousands of years, right? I remember there was a... Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what her name is, but there's, like, a countess who was known for slaughtering people and, like, bathing in their blood. Okay, so this sounds like a different type of conspiracy theory (laughs) that rich people get. I don't understand. A New York City urologist has seen more patients requesting a procedure that eases the urge to pee. New York's wealthiest are hoping to eliminate the need to go during the long drive to their summer homes to avoid conflict over Hamptons' bladder in the car. Traffic en route to the Hamptons has gotten so bad it has... Sent some of these people to the doctors to get a medical procedure (laughs) this is such first world problems man you can't get any more first world problems than this Uh, they're saying that traffic has gotten uh, that traffic is uh, you know people going to their second home in the Hamptons they have to travel as far as a hundred miles away and uh, what they're doing and there's very few places to stop apparently on their multi-hour trip to combat this they're getting the, the here's one of the procedures it's called procedures it's called a prostate artery embolization which reduces the size of the prostate in men <laughs> and bladder botox which decreases urinary frequency for women that is stunning and brave stunning and brave <laughs> this is insane Ah, uh, <laughs> I can't even. Apparently, this doctor seen a twenty percent spike in patients seeking P A E procedures this spring. Says I don't see them until around May, and then all of a sudden, May comes and they care more. He says he's been performing about ten of them a week. That cannot be good for you. I, is this guy related to an oncologist? Where it's going to start giving people like cancer? He says some people will shell out $20,000 cost out of pocket just to get this procedure. I compare it to taking a trip to the Galactic Cruiser for Star Wars. So if you cruise with three adults, one child, plus two rounds of drinks, I think it would cost the same as this procedure. I don't think you want to do this. Oh my gosh. Should I describe to you how This happens. Do you guys really want to know what they do? How they insert a small scope through the urethra and use a special needle to inject the drug? It only lasts six months, so you're covered for the summer. Wow. Wow. Look at this guy. So stunning, so happy, so brave. Dr. David Schusterman. Your man for injecting things into your penis. Go check him out. He's got the Orcu stamp of approval. Because Noob Noob sees him regularly. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. They're saying that it could be four hours stuck in traffic and there are no rest stops. And the guy's like, there's no dread now. I'm like a kid. (laughs) Holy cow. All right. I've had enough of this story. I'd really like to move away from this and move on to something more fun, which would be a 60 person brawl on a carnival cruise and it was on the dance floor. So they weren't just dropping. They weren't just doing a real, like a dance off. They were doing a real brawl. Apparently it lasted for an hour and spanned five floors. <laughs> That's amazing. Jealousy over a threesome between passengers sparked a 60 person brawl. And I think we have a little bit of footage I'm gonna, or at least pictures. And I'm going to try to show it without getting yanked. Because I have no idea. Apparently two people began scuffling on the nightclub dance floor. And then the altercation got out of control. Apparently 40 to 60 people got involved. Uh, It shows that the security guards were clearly outnumbered and completely powerless to stop the large brawl. (laughs) After the fight, the Coast Guard escorted the ship to the dock in Manhattan. But no injuries were reported. How do you have 60 people brawling for an hour and no one gets hurt? I guess if you're fighting on a cruise ship, there's no bricks, so you can't exactly hit people with a brick. Let's take a look here. Oh, there is some footage. I mean, it looks like a nightclub, so, and there's a lot of hair pulling, so maybe there's just a lot of hair pulling and not necessarily fist punching and bricks and, and there's like cushions and that kind of stuff, so maybe people weren't actually getting like beaten up that bad. Let's see what else they have here massive brawl erupts it was an eight-day caribbean cruise apparently they didn't make it out of the port of new york <laughs> uh, and a lot of it was filmed on facebook triggered by a threesome obviously what else did they do a uh, uh, lot of big old booties on this uh on this cruise <laughs> uh there's I, who is this person who they're they're quoting let me see. they're quoting someone i don't know who it is but they're saying uh the guests were in, uh, involved were in the fight were in her words ignorant fools acting stupid <laughs> one eyewitness tweeting under the handle at nyemo. Uh, they were at the bar listening to their own music sipping a shirley temple <laughs> and then a brawl broke out of nowhere Oh, my gosh. Apparently, there was some glass involved. Yeah, it's uh, this looks like <laughs> it's unclear whether or not the vessel was in New York, New Jersey, or international waters at the time of the fight, making criminal justice uh, jurisdictions murky. If they're in international waters, I think knife fights are legal, So, they're covered there. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, Daniel. There's nothing wrong with a little hair pulling as long as it's consensual. So I think this was all consensual. So I'm I'm down. Apparently the fight broke out at 5.20 a.m. That's pretty early (laughs) to be out on the club. I don't know. I don't know. Little strange, little strange. In fact... We're going to move on from this and we're going to get in. Maybe we'll get out. Sanchez. But we're definitely going to get strange. As we talk oh, about you. You me in. getting in and out of Stranger of Things. I mean obviously bitch. I'm getting I'm in because I have already watched it and I think I reviewed it. I'm in. pretty sure I did and I'm I liked in. it. I'm in. What's the, job? I'm the first I'm season in. I'm or the first in. part What's volume one know? of season four. Season uh, four was split into two parts. It's the biggest show on Netflix probably ever, I'm gonna say. And um, let's see here. Stop with the pop-ups. Thank you, Complex. Very very much agree to this. Stranger Things, season four, volume two. I think there's only two episodes, but they are extra long episodes. They're like three-hour episodes or something like that. It caused a Netflix crash, and it broke Nielsen's streaming record. People are, they're interested. They want to get, they want to see what happens. So, I mean, that's a pretty good strategy. They broke it into two parts, and now they broke Nielsen streaming records. I think that's pretty interesting. And people seem fairly favorable to the first part of it. We'll see how they feel about the second part. I'm not sure. I, like I said, I enjoyed the f- part one, and I will should be reviewing the second part if I can get through it. I mean, it is four hours of stuff to watch, so there's a lot going on there but it did set streaming records for the week of May 30th to June 5th. The show sits the highest weekly total for any streaming series since they first started to track it about two years ago with a total of 7.2 billion viewing time for that week. One of the most successful weeks for a streaming show to date. Uh, I I guess they just measure it by by millions, or I mean by billions, of how many minutes people watched it. Uh, the, uh, The previous... Well, volume 1 debuted. The show amassed 5.14 billion minutes for viewing for the week of t- the May 23rd through 29th, and that means it's only gotten more popular. The previous record was held by Tiger King in March of 2020 when we were all trapped and couldn't do anything else. Apparently, the hype was so high that Netflix has faced some issues when it arrived on Friday. Um, uh, I guess there's so there's this uh site which is called Down Detector which tells you what where's there's outages, but there were 10,000 reports of Netflix outages around that time, and that's significantly higher and unusual for any rate uh, of any given provider. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, do, 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 do. I mean, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. And if these guys can pull it off, if the Matt and Ross Duffer can pull it off, maybe they can do some more stuff. Because if you remember, the guys from Game of Thrones totally screwed the pooch on how they finished out their series, Game of Thrones. And people were not happy with them and they have not really worked on much since. I think I reviewed one tiny movie that um, I think D.B. Weiss, maybe it wasn't Affleck, did. I think I did a review on it. It's that metal movie. It's pretty decent, but... Yeah, those guys have not really done much, so we'll see how Matt and Ross Duffer end up after this. I'm hearing kind of mixed results, so who knows? Some people really, really like it. Some people really don't. So who knows? But you will get our honest review on it, and, and well, at least my review, because New Noob's never even seen the thing. He has no idea what the most popular show in the world has ever done. He doesn't know anything about it. Uh, Daniel... Daniel is saying Game of Thrones finale was beyond disappointing, and they're doing a Jon Snow spin off show. Yeah, I did do, I actually did a video on the Jon Snow spin off show. Apparently, um, the jackass writer, I can't believe I spent so much time reading this guy's books. I'm still mad that he hasn't released them. Um, I want to say H.R.R. Geiger, but no, um, George Steinbrenner. Whoever wrote those damn Game of Thrones books, I don't know why I can't think of that fat guy's name right now. But uh, he is involved in the Jon Snow spinoff series. I cannot imagine that that's going to be any interesting or any good. Like uh, Jon Snow was almost like... I know he's the leading man, but he was also not one of the moch, most uh, interesting characters. You know, I think he had the least interesting... Yes, George R. R. Martin... Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, spaced out there for a second because I'm so angry at the man for not finishing the damn series. I I can't comprehend why this guy is writing the Jon Snow series instead of writing his own um, book. It's like, well, you know, part of it is he's probably afraid to finish the thing because people are so mad at the dude, you know. So with any luck... We'll get an end to that. That is better than what we got from Bennehoff and Weiss for Game of Thrones. I mean, literally one of the worst. I I can't even think of a show that had a worse ending. So Stranger Things can't be that bad. It's gotta be better than what we're seeing now. So I'll give you my review, but I'm in. I'm in and I'm ready to do it. So we'll wrap up In and Out and we'll move on to the review that's right I'm doing reviews let's see here so we've got our first review is Beavis and Butthead do the universe this kind of snuck up on me came out of nowhere I wasn't really ready for this one I had no idea that Mike Judge was doing another movie and I do know that he was on the Joe Rogan show to promote it and was talking a little bit about it on there Gave a little bit of insight about Beavis and Butthead. And uh, Mike Judge is an interesting guy. He actually was hand-drawing the animation. And when they signed him for a deal, he was like... He had no idea what, what MTV wanted or how it was going to happen. And and they signed him for a deal, and he's like, uh, You want me to do 62 hand-drawn episodes of this? I don't think so. Uh, Beavis and Butthead... Yeah it's like an overly long episode of the show it was an hour and 26 minutes and I felt every single second of it I um, it's it's really tough to it, to judge it right because I didn't think it was gonna work at all and, and I do really I, I don't remember the Beavis and Butthead show that much I mean I remember it I saw it. I don't know if i saw it as a kid and i kind of remember it and obviously i think i can do a pretty job a pretty decent job with the voices that's right the beavis and butthead rule they're like the best ever yeah <clears throat> yeah, uh uh-huh. beavis and butthead rule tp tp for my buttonhole. it's close it's close i gotta work on my beavis but i can do a pretty good butthead or i mean v- vice versa my beavis is pretty good still working on butthead uh, I used to do them dead on, but it, it's been a long time. And, and that's the point, is uh, I'm doing an impression that took me, I could do it for years. Because I remember they had that movie, and I don't even remember what it's called. I think it's like Beavis and Butthead do the United States or something like that. The only joke I do remember from that, which I, I still think is funny, is where it's like, uh, the, huh, huh, hey, Beavis, this, uh, or hey, Butthead, huh, that old lady, she just, she said she's a thwart. She really likes sloth. And they, so they were talking to this they, they were on a bus with a bunch of old ladies. And the old ladies, <laughs> this old lady's like, I sure like my slots. She's like, I like slots. <laughs> and they think, you know, they think she's saying slots. So I thought that was great. Um This <laughs> there's one sequence in this that I thought was really funny. And I know in, uh, Insult Investor th- had a, a good spot. There you go, Beavis and Buddy at do America, Daniel N being my fact checker for the day. I appreciate it, man. Big props to you. This one was an it was like an overly long joke about being, <laughs> but it is it is fascinating because I do think Mike Judge is a very intelligent guy. He did it, uh, Idiocracy, the movie. He wrote that and while i don't think it's the greatest movie ever it does it was kind of one of those things that seemed like oh my gosh this is very predictive of the future and you know some people love it or hate it king of the hill i think has uh, some sort of legacy it was an interesting like a, an animated sitcom if you will not necessarily as crazy and and weird and funny as beavis and butthead but it is kind of representative of today right you've got these two complete morons who are you know, either the world is oblivious that they're complete morons or the world just wants to acknowledge them because they're complete morons. So the entire premise is more or less about them thinking they're going to get laid because they get sent to space camp and they're so good at putting the rocket in the hole that they get they get sent into space cuz they think they're going to they're going to do this lady there's actually two really good jokes the leader of the of the space uh group the captain if you will she's uh she's <laughs> she says something to the to the to the order of uh she goes yeah there were 246 men 57 women and and Beavis thinks that or Butthead thinks she's listing the amount of men that she's banged <laughs> and how many women she's slept with. And he's and then she goes, and there and not to mention the dogs and monkeys and, and Beavis is like hm, h- 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 chill out there. Chill out there, lady <laughs> He's he doesn't want to hear how many dogs and <laughs> that she's banged. <laughs> so that was a pretty funny joke, but the best joke in the entire show <laughs> was the white privilege joke. And you kind of have to see it to believe it. Basically, Beavis and Butthead they go into a college for no reason. Basically, you take the, these dumbasses from the '90s and move them. They go through a black hole, so they're in like 2022. So they're seeing like what the world looks like now. And they go to a college and they're in a gender... They walk into a class that's a gender studies class and they get told about their white privilege. So they immediately walk out of the class, go into the lunchroom and they're like, oh, oh, we have white privilege. So that like means you have to give us stuff. So they like just walk around taking everything and they're like, the police can't stop us because we have white privilege. (laughs) It's like, it's really, really clever Uh, ironic joke that's probably pissing a lot of people off because they're they're giving an example of exactly what they think white privilege would be where you just walk up and take everything from everybody but uh, the rotten tomatoes meter has it pretty highly scored it's not as good as as this uh there's a handful of good jokes but it is very um laborious to get through 47 reviews on the critic side have it at 96 percent shocking i can't believe they like this and 85 percent have it on the audience score with 100 plus ratings it's on paramount plus right now and uh let's see let's check out if there's any negative reviews i do think they said uh their promises to Beavis and ButtHead do the universe promises to sit atop all future lists of the dumbest science fiction movies ever made. <laughs> uh, it's pretty. that I mean, it is. It is amusing. Like I do like seeing them. They're just. It gets old real quick. Here's the. uh Here's a negative review from Movie Nation. Despite making an effort to offend here and there, the characters have lost some of their edge, and. Judge can't help but suggest old fart in attempting to manage those grating, giggling voices. I thought he did a really good job with the voices. The dude doesn't, you know, I didn't think he he missed a uh, any beats, you know. I thought it was actually pretty good. There's not many negative reviews. <laughs> this is from San Francisco Chronicle. Shocking. A movie that loses sight of the line between lampooning stupidity and being stupidity. stupid being stupid, he gave it a one out of four. (laughs) I give it like a solid B minus. Solid B minus. It's funny. It's it's definitely a little boring. uh, Only a handful of really good jokes. But overall, like you could do better things with your time. Like it's not gonna bore, you know, you might get a little bored, but it's not too bad. Uh, insult investor says in 20 years it will be a cult classic. I could see that, like I said, I enjoyed it, but I'm not gonna say it was like amazing. There were some really, really good jokes, and then some like you know, the rest of it was kind of like, eh, all right. I did actually like th- there's a part where uh, uh, Smart Beavis and Smart Bowhead show up from the uh, an alternate reality, which I thought was kind of amusing. Um, yeah, they could have edited it. Hot. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's saying that. Uh, insult investor saying the voice was a little off. Yeah. I mean, it's a struggle. And and I saw Mike Judge on Joe Rogan, and it's uh, you know he's a little bit older now, so it's uh probably a little bit tougher. Like I'm pretty sure Trey Parker from South Park has just given up on trying to do the voices. I think he did it a while ago, where he just does like his normal voice, like his hey I oh, can't do a Cartman right now, but he's like doing his Cartman voice and they just pitch it to the proper Cartman. Like he, it's too hard for him to do. So they just pitch it for him. So it's easier. Cause he does like, I don't know, 80% of the voices, but either way, we're going to do one more review for you anime fans out there. I know you're out there and I hate to bore the regular people. So I won't spend too much time on this. Uh, But we're going to talk a little bit about Spriggan. And it has no re- <laughs> no ratings at all, just mine. I'm the only one, no one else has seen it. The one thing I'm curious about, there's only six episodes. So I saw a preview, I saw a trailer on YouTube or something like that and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. It's kind of like Akira style quality anime mixed with like today's modern CGI-ish stuff and it looked pretty exciting there was a really exciting fight scene it was really bloody and gory Um, Spriggan is an anime series on Netflix it's about an ancient civilization's relics on earth hold dangerous powers and it's up to the Arkham Corporation agents to keep them out of the wrong hands it stars like a you know it's typical anime where there's like a 16 year old boy who has like exceptional abilities super abilities it's kind of like he's kind of like 007, but with superpowers. It's it's a little bit of a spy thriller, and um, it's very gory, very very violent. And I I I I thought it was I was like oh this is kind of a Kira style, but it's like so kind of like throwback, eighties nineties anime that it gets, like, a little boring. It was okay. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite animes, but it was definitely worth watching for six episodes. It was very episodic, and they find, like, interesting artifacts. So, like, imagine, if you will, where they find Noah's Ark, and Noah's Ark is a uh, world terraformer. You know, it was left there by an ancient civilization to terraform the world. So... You might not hear a lot about it. In fact, Rotten Tomatoes has it as like coming soon, which makes me really sad because I'm like, I watched it. And no one else did. Someone else out there had to watch this. Somebody had to. I uh oh, and so an investor was going to write the same artifact, but the uh, art- artifacts was going to write the same story, but the artifacts were on Saturn. It, it you know. It's a co- it's a cool premise. I like the premise. I think it's a little weird that he's like a 16-year-old kid who's in high school. I don't get that. I'm pretty sure there were movies based on the anime or based on the manga back in like the 80s or 90s. That's why it seems like so throwbacky. You know, th- it, it doesn't... I think it just doesn't hold up well against things like Attack on Titan or even uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Like, it looks good, but it's not quite... They don't like explore as many themes... There's not, a, you know, I'm, I'm literally watching the last season of Attack on Titan right now. I, I finished like all the English dubs of it and I'm kind of going back through it. And the themes that are written in there are so complex and so dense and the character turns and there's so many characters. When you get a show that's like based on like one character and, and it's kind of episodic and there's no overarching plot really. It just doesn't seem to hold up as well against better products. well you know better ones or even like something that's as classic as like obviously Berserk's been going on for 30 years and there's not a great anime representation of it but that is I give it a solid B plus so we checked out some things this week I believe we're going to be reviewing Thor Blood and Thunder no Thor Thunder and Love Love and Thunder That's that's what it's called I believe that's coming out we might not get to it, though. I don't know what date it's released. Maybe it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. So I think it's the 7th. I could be wrong. Maybe it's the 8th. If that comes out, we'll obviously wait a week for everybody to watch it because we don't like to spoil that for everybody. We like to do our reviews a little bit after, give you a chance to digest it, see if you like it, and then you can have a nice conversation with us about it. Um, <laughs> that's some good anime. I, I always like good anime and I know some people in our audience have told me that they don't like it when I review anime so I try not to spend too much on it but when there's stuff out there worth watching I like to point it out I was gonna do a review on Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045 SAC 2045 um, but I, I haven't quite digested my feelings on it so I might talk about that next week as well we're definitely going to talk about Stranger Things. I think I can get to that. And I have no idea what Noob is going to watch. Probably Top Gun for like the third or fourth time. He'll come back in and do his shirtless review of, of Top Gun one more time. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but I was definitely thinking about continuing this stream because there were some other things I wanted to talk about. If you guys want to stick around, I think I'm going to take a brief respite And uh, I'll take a short break and I will come back on and we can talk about some things because I think as fans, we've been attacked. And there's definitely some channels out there who have been feeling like they've been attacked uh, from the main. Well, I wouldn't say mainstream media, but the alt media is attacking, uh, you know, fans and the reactions, especially with the most recent things that came out with Kenobi and the criticisms that came out about it. There's been some articles written, some hit pieces about the Fandom Menace. We've mentioned that we are part of the Fandom Menace, or at least we associate, I don't know if we associate with them, but we definitely feel like we're into the Fandom Menace. Um, So stick around if you like for that. I'm going to take about 10 or 15 minutes. You can listen to some fun music while we sit in the background. But thank you for listening to the show. I really appreciate everybody out there. You guys always love the chat. The guys in the chat, always the best. We've got team chat going on. If you get a chance, come join them. They have some fantastic conversations going on. You can also, obviously, like, subscribe. There'll be an audio version of this that releases usually every Sunday. If you subscribe, you can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fantastic places. Uh, We're going to have some great guests coming up soon. We're working on building in some guests that we'll have. We'll have them streaming or at least have them on on YouTube. You can check them out. We've had some great conversations with some good guests. We're going to have some just as amazing ones, including our friend Sensibly Cynical. I appreciate all of you out there. And if you want to hang around, please feel free. I know it's July 1st and there's a lot of stuff going on. But I still have a little bit more I want to talk about, and I'd love for you to join. I really appreciate you guys out there. Thank you for the compliments. I really do appreciate it. Uh, But as for me, I'm definitely on to the next one.